it's been six months since we made a podcast yes it's been a long time because we've been extremely busy with that, our lives that's absolutely a lie we had a bunch of we had a book deal i wonder if in the last episode we referenced the pandemic at all well it was well 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 going well point. going yes it was like july so there had been a pandemic for a while but it was looking yeah. it was looking up i think by july it was like oh we were at our like low point for the year like it peaked in may it went down yeah it, it went down a while for like the su- late summer and the fall until things started rolling anyways we're not here to talk about the pandemic no. we're ta- here to talk about Hit 2007 movie Hotel for Dogs. I don't know. If was, I think it was a little earlier in 2007. It might be 2005. 2009. Oh. Oh, we got it. Oh, we were both very wrong. So I would have been a child when it came out. 12. You would have been 12 when it came out. Yes. Yes. After, you know, our last few podcasts we've reviewed, um, Several movies, Incredibles 2, and The Phantom Menace. We talked about Onward. We talked about Oliver and Company. Yeah. We've talked about a a few different um, Oh, we could have talked about Soul if we wanted to continue our reviews of Pixar movies. (laughs) No, we're talking about Hotel for Dogs, not Soul. Anyways, this podcast is already falling apart. That's okay. It's banter. People love it. Disregarding Soul. See, after The Phantom Menace, we wanted to go with a real blockbuster mm-hmm. of a movie so we went with hotel for dogs which we watched recently yes. and by recently i mean last hit night. nickelodeon movie hotel for yes dogs. apparently not a disney channel movie which is what i had thought no it's it's nickelodeon's you know attempt to be a disney channel movie yeah because it, it had a jake t austin in it and he was the mm-hmm. kid i think his name is jake t austin from uh was it's a really weird place which i watched when i was like younger there's not really enough slime in it for it to really be a Nickelodeon movie. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a good deal of poop jokes, which I guess is more Nickelodeon than Disney Channel. Yeah, I don't know how many, like, um, Nickelodeon films. Oh, according to the Wikipedia, it's Nickelodeon's second film to be produced. After the series Unfortunate Events movie. Oh, interesting. Uh, it was the first Nickelodeon film to be produced outside of Paramount f- Pictures. Yeah, Lemony Snicket's a series of unfortunate events. That's a whole other thing. We could do like a whole thing on that. But I need to which, make which you watch. Which movie do you movie. think has more artistic value of these of those two? Uh, Lemony Snicket's a series of unfortunate events movie. While it doesn't follow the book, is a very interesting movie, and I think mm-hmm. it has like Jim Carrey in it. Is he uh the Olaf Count Olaf? Yeah, he's Count Olaf. No, <laughs> definitely not Count Olaf. He's Count Olaf in that movie. Okay. Um. Anyways, Hotel for Dogs. Should we summarize the movie? Yeah, it's a hotel and there are dogs in it. Oh my God. High five. <laughs> so this is, I was finally like reminiscing about this movie as like, this is back when you could just have like the most like straightforward really like not very thought out basic plot and you didn't like excuse it there are no excuses in this movie which is what i like about it yeah it unapologetically doesn't make sense (laughs) it unapologetically is like this is exactly what like a small child would write like this is not thought out it's a live action cartoon movie it is a very much like like a like 101 Dalmatians-esque, like the the animated 101 Dalmatians, where it's just like, there are dogs, 
The dog, I mean, the dogs don't talk, but, like, it is very cartoony. Yeah, you got all, like, the classic cartoon hallmarks. You got, like, bumbling dog catchers. You've got, like, cartoonish, like, Rube Goldberg contraptions. Yeah, you've got the, like, the evil foster parents who Mm -hmm. are, like, they're kind of like the foster mom and Annie, both, Mm -hmm. like, the original Annie and the newer, like, 2010s Annie. Yeah, Lisa Kudrow. Yeah, who's played by Lisa Kudrow, which is just very, like, weird. Like, the the guy isn't even, like, a famous yeah, actor. Yeah, is he not anybody notable? Can we, can we IMDb him? Uh, yeah, let me... Let me make sure I'm not disrespecting him. Yes. Let's see, I don't even Carl know Carl Scudder. Kevin Dillon. Uh, that sounds familiar, but I don't know who... Well, he's not so Lisa is. Kudrow, I mean. Come yeah, on. he's obviously not. He was never in, um, Friends. Unless he was in Friends, but, like, a minor <laughs> character. He was in Entourage, which oh, I've not wow, seen. Wow. <laughs> Doesn't oh. mean anything to me. He was, he played himself in The Simpsons. That's really not helpful. No. Um, he seems more like a serious actor. Like, he does, like, action stuff, it he, seems He like. does a lot of, like, crime-related Yeah. Uh, TV shows, mostly. Yeah, it's like. kind of an odd cast casting choice there. Yeah, maybe this might have been a little earlier on in his career. Maybe he didn't have a lot going for him. It looks like most of these movies are late from like the later. Well, he, he goes back into the nineties. I guess so. This might have been a paycheck role for him. Yeah. Anyways, he was the next Lisa Kudrow, so she kind of out competed him in terms of mm-hmm. appearance. Um, and they're just like cartoonishly goofy evil sort of foster parents who take in two children who have a dog but the dog's not allowed in the house and then they find a place for the dog to stay in an old abandoned hotel and then they adopt a bunch more dogs yeah this is just like uh george and lenny from of mice and men are in the hotel yeah they're just they're two dogs that are named georgia and lenny yes george is a very small boston terrier and lenny is a really big um what was he a great dane no he was some sort of uh, he wasn't a Great Dane. He was some sort of Mastiff, I think. Okay. Like a brindled Mastiff. Yeah, and they stumble into the abandoned hotel, you know, as you do. Yeah, they just, like, go into an abandoned hotel that's, like, full of furniture still for some reason. Yeah. Um, you know, not really explain why it's been abandoned asbestos, or who owns it. Extreme asbestos. <laughs> All the dogs have asbestos. <laughs> it's never confirmed. Well, asbestos is a harmful to dogs. Everybody knows this. I- I don't think that's true. I think all the dogs and the children have mesothelioma at the end. Well, they may be entitled to compensation. <laughs> if you are a love, yeah. Um, anyway, so they just kind of adopt all these dogs with the help of, like, three teenagers who are just, like, normal teenagers. Yeah, you got hot guy teenager man. You got, um... Girl who competes for Hawkeye Teenager yes, Man's Affections. Love interest rival woman. And then Dopey Guy. Yeah, the Dopey Guy's like the love interest rival's love interest, sort of. Um, but like, they're not really developed that much. No, they're just like side characters. No, nobody's really developed in this. No, except except for Don the- Cheadle. Yeah, Don Cheadle's the best in this movie. Don Cheadle's in this movie, by the way. It's iconic. He's the... Uh, the very helpful yet out of his depth um what's it called social services yeah social services adoption placer guy for the the kids who are foster kids yes their parents are dead there's like one scene where they look at a picture of their dead parents yeah it's sad 
Yes, it's, you You must feel sad for them. Yeah, I, I think that's, like, there's one scene where they kind of, like, gloss over, like, oh, their parents are dead. And then that's it. The whole movie, their whole rest of the movie, like, does not mention their parents at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so the foster kids are, like, a 16-year-old girl and then, like, an 11-year-old boy. 13-year-old. 13-year-old. Are you sure? Uh, I think that the Wikipedia said all of the inventions that were created had to look as if they were invented by a precocious 13-year-old boy. Okay. There's, there's like, an age gap between them, though. Yeah, there's a few-year age gap. And their parents have been dead for three years. They've been moving around to foster homes. Um, and, yeah, they just, like, adopt this dog, and it's, like, a lovely found family story that's, like, incredibly cheesy and really doesn't hold... Um, it doesn't hold a lot of, like, depth, per se, but, you know, they're dogs. As far, good. Is, is, <laughs> the deepest it gets is, like, them adopting the dogs as metaphor for their status as orphans. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, they say at one point, they're like, oh, nobody wants, like, older puppies. Because, like, one of the kids works in a pet store and and he has these unadoptable dogs and it's because they're old dogs and nobody wants old dogs everyone wants puppies and the foster kids are like i know what that's like meaningfully even though the kid doesn't know that they're adopted they're like that they're foster kids yes that, that's a weird plot line to where they're very <laughs> ashamed of being foster kids and don't tell the other kids even though it's pretty obvious that they don't seem to care and yeah, just confused by why she's blatantly lying to them. Yeah, there's just like a great subplot where like she's outed as a foster kid at one mm-hmm. at like the end of the movie, and that's where a bunch of conflict comes from because like they're like, "What do you mean you don't have any parents and you have foster parents or whatever?" It and just, then she runs away without saying anything. And then, and then she gets a bunch of punch dumped on her accidentally oh sorry she she doesn't run away without saying anything she lies and is like oh no our parents are traveling in china and that's humiliating and sad yes um um so stuff that happened in this movie um a lot of laws were broken oh god so many laws were broken and like nothing happened when all the laws were broken there are kids okay but like the 16 year old like drives through traffic at one point just like and there's like all the blame trespassing yeah the the, the climax of the movie is where they bust out like a hundred dogs from the kill shelter breaking into the kill shelter they like lure one of the evil dog catchers outside yeah and then they lock him out of the building and they open all the cages and they let the dogs run free and then they like they lure the dog they're supposed to like cross the county line because yeah. there's a no-kill shelter over, the, shelter over the county line. And so they're just, like, they're, like, driving the van that's, like, the pet shop van. And they're, like, dangling meat out, out of the van so the dogs will chase the van across the county line. It's very, like I said, cartoon movie. Yeah, it's so cartoony. And it, it has that, like, weird, like, very, like, 2000s Disney Channel movie element where, like... It's like they want to get very cartoony, but it's like also not cartoony. Like it's not quite as cartoony as like the movie Cats and Dogs, mm, which is no. just about talking cats and dogs. Yeah, um, the dogs and cats, or the dogs, there's like one cat cameo, but the dogs do not talk in this movie. Although one of them yeah. is shown to be like very smart, you know. Yeah, definitely the dogs are implied to be like intelligent. The kid like makes inventions for the dogs, and at least one of the dogs is shown like actively using and understanding these inventions. But then at the same time, like when the inventions break down, all of the like 
dogs start running around and causing chaos as if they're actual dogs yeah so it's, it's, very it's like they're they're dogs or intelligent beings depending on what the movie needs yeah so very cartoony um let's see oh yeah the no kill shelter thing i felt like i should say something about this because that was the only thing that bothered me about the movie mm-hmm. was just the the they're a public there's a public perception that like kill shelters are evil and everyone that works there is evil and it's not really helped by things like evil dog catcher mm-hmm. who works at kill shelter when like realistically in like in reality no kill shelters are generally like places that have a lot of like privilege in taking like they choose which dogs to take whereas kill shelters don't really get to choose and like they tend to be more overcrowded so like even if they got those dogs at the county line i don't know if the you know no kill shelter would have taken all those dogs of course not they were like unwanted dogs yeah that, that's just me being like uh i just don't like the subplot where the well, dog catches are like super evil yeah. but it fits in with the cartoony you know like you said it's like oh something a child would write like and children yeah. care very much about you know dogs getting killed by the evil dog catcher yeah the like foster um kid 13 year old is like a super smart inventor kid who like takes apart blow dryers and makes inventions out of no, them. yeah he steals a bunch of stuff from his foster parents and they're painted as like you know evil people for being upset that he stole a bunch of stuff from yeah them. they're they're supposed to be like very bad musicians who like just aren't good singers and for some reason it's never explained why they took these foster kids mm-hmm. but like basically he steals all this stuff from them including like actual like electronic like yes. band equipment yeah, which stuff probably... that probably costs like you know at least three digits of money yeah three digits of three money. fingers Excuse yeah me. It's, you know thousands of dollars worth of electronics and like they're they're painted as evil which is mm-hmm. funny mm-hmm. um yeah i mean other than like clearly not caring about these kids they don't really do anything that bad yeah um oh yeah so i wanted to talk about the uh reviews and ratings for hotel for dogs although i guess we haven't we haven't talked about our actual opinions so much as we've talked about the content of it so what is your opinion on hotel for dogs um it's fine i like the dogs there's good dogs in it there's a lot of good scenes of dogs yes um don Cheadle, of course is great in it yeah don Cheadle, the social security worker yes, he should have gotten an oscar if he didn't I, <laughs> i'm assuming he didn't yeah i don't think so at least like a kid's choice award or something he should have yeah. got like slime dumped on him in a good way not a bad way yeah I was the one who more or less decided to watch this movie, but I'd already watched it within the past couple of years. And I kept thinking that I had watched it with you, because I watched it at some point. I had not seen it since my childhood. Yeah. But I watched it several times in my childhood. Yeah. So, So, like, I don't think that it's, like, on surface, like, the best movie. Like, we said, it's very cartoonish and, like... It's sort of shallow, but, like, the message at the end is, like, these kids who are foster kids made a found family with all of these dogs. And, like, ultimately they don't get any, like, punishment for all the laws that they broke and the bad things that they did and the trespassing. Um, They just get to kind of, like, help dogs. And that very much, like, appeals to my, like, indulgent, like, ah, that is what I wanted to do as a child. It's not really explained how they end up having a real hotel for dogs at the end yeah yeah the end scene is like there's a there's a real hotel and the dogs are really helping them in this hotel which still has these like 
comedic uh, Rube Goldberg-esque contraptions. Mm-hmm. Except I guess not Rube Goldberg because they're actually like doing stuff. Yeah, and I think the definition of Rube Goldberg is that it doesn't do stuff. Well, isn't this supposed to be like a comically like complicated common thing to do a simple task yeah i guess so um so they still have some stuff like that in like the hotel for dogs at the end and they imply that it's because like the media got involved and like everyone decided to come together and help these kids which is like it's just a nice message and it's very cheesy and they get adopted by don Cheadle at the end yes, and yes. his wife yes that's good <laughs> don Cheadle, who sucks according to his wife Oh, yeah. His wife. <laughs> he can't cook worth garbage. Yeah, at the end of the movie, it's like Don Cheadle says nice things about his wife, and then the wife is, like, very mean about Don Cheadle's ability to cook. <laughs> but it, it's, like, it's nice. It's just, like, cheesy. She could have been, like, he's very passionate about his work. Yeah. He, he tried very hard to get them a foster family and mm-hmm. then decided to adopt them, apparently. Yeah. It's just, like, a classic foster kid, you know, plot line is like at the end they get adopted by somebody who like yeah. is in the movie yeah of course um anyways so th- this movie has uh how much on wrong tomatoes like like a little less than 50 right 46 percent and a 54 percent audience score very middle of the road yeah it's it is <laughs> it made look 73 million box office mm-hmm I mean, had pretty good cast. Like, Emma Roberts was the foster girl. Lisa Kudrow was in it. Jake T. Austin, who was getting big on, like, Disney Channel. Uh, the, the top critic reviews involve things like, if you're under 11, you'll love it. I, I will say that there are a lot of poo jokes, which a lot of the critics um, remark up on. Yeah. I mean, that's just an easy thing to be like, you don't need as many of those. Yeah. Yeah, and then also like you know, like character getting hit in the nuts. And yeah. And other character going, that's gotta hurt. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I, I don't know. It's just like all these easy targets for critics. Eventually, it's like it eventually just becomes the thing that the critic will comment on. <laughs> like this is a children's movie because it mentions. <laughs> yeah, I don't the schmaltz is laid on thick. This this woman gave it a two out of five. Damn. But she she said Beth Clark. Yeah, absolutely brutal. I don't call her out like that. Mm-hmm. Feels like a lot like a retro family film, similar to tone seventies Disney flicks. I'm just reading reviews mm-hmm. off Rotten Tomatoes. Dogs are the star of the show, um, and they have some some cool things that they do. I guess is what this person's getting <laughs> at. Um. Hotel for Dogs delivers warm messages about generosity and sticking with seemingly impossible goals. I'm not sure about that. Someone said unapologetically geared towards younger viewers. I do feel like if you're going to criticize a movie that is geared towards younger viewers, maybe just be in the mindset of younger viewers. Yeah, I I would take that over like a half-assed attempt to appeal to like older audiences, but still trying Mm -hmm. to be a kid's movie. Yeah. It's definitely not the most, like, no, it's not the most, like, artistic movie or anything. I think it's, like, charming for what it is. And it would make a really good animated movie. And then I feel like if you made it into an animated movie, then people would be, like, more into it. Like, it just has, like, that plot. 
Where it's like the suspension of disbelief is so much easier if it's all cartoons. Yeah, they should do a cartoon reboot. <laughs> cartoon show reboot. Mm-hmm. I think it should be a TV show. Yeah. Uh, On Netflix. Yeah. It would probably be the ugliest animation ever, though. <laughs> Imagine all of the characters look like cute cartoon characters, except Lisa Kudrow and her <laughs> husband just look the exact same. They're, no, they're, they're, they're like puppets. They're like uh, dark crystal gross puppets. <laughs> this whole character, but they're all, this or this whole movie, but all the characters are puppets. It would be good. Yeah. I think that would be funny. Dog puppets. I just, like, I wanted to be, like, the hotel for dogs, like, kid when I was a kid. So it just, like, appeals to me on that level. Uh, yeah. You just, like, have, you just work with dogs for a living. No, it seems like a lot of work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Well, that's why you want it to be hotel for cats, because, you know, this doesn't require as much work. Yeah. How would it, wait? Let's come up with a hypothetical hotel for cats. Okay. What kind of wacky zany inventions would they have? A litter box that's really big. Yeah. Well, or do you think every cat would need its own litter box? Hmm. I don't know. I haven't had enough cats to know like how sharing litter boxes work. Oh, I think they share litter boxes fine. Okay. But I think it would be better if you had like multiple rather than one very large one. Mm-hmm. It'd be easier to clean. You'd be Fun able- contraptions such as cleaning litter box and what? can opener. Auto cleaning litter boxes already exist. Yeah, so so, so it's one of the litter boxes on wheels, and they're just riding around. The, like the the part of the movie where everything goes crazy is in this. The cats movie would just be the cats riding around on their litter boxes on wheels. <laughs> yeah, little kitty cats. Uh, they could do the, they do like a comedic thing where the kids in the movie Hotel for Dogs are calling their dog and they're using a can opener with a bullhorn next to it mm-hmm. um, to like make the sound of the can o- can opener going around and around really loud so the dog will come. And I feel like, I feel like that would attract our cat. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense with cats. They love the can yeah. openers. If you just had that noise, you could get all the cats to come. Otherwise, you couldn't get all the cats to come. You won't be able to do that great scene at the end where Don Cheadle goes like, here are the names of the residents of this hotel. And it's like, Madison. (laughs) She was found left abandoned after her family moved out without her. And then that's also the part where I started crying. Not relevant to Hotel for Cats, but that's the part in Hotel for Dogs where I started crying. Hotel for Cats would be like somebody's like running into the back of the hotel and like bringing out Madison. Madison's squirming. (laughs) (laughs) Here's Madison. No, it would just be Don Cheadle standing there on the top of those steps, and he has a can, and he's like, and the cats that are residents of this hotel, and opens it, and, like, a hundred cats <laughs> run out. Yeah. Also, if it was Hotel for Cats, there would be, like, thousands of cats by the end of that. They mm-hmm. breed way too fast. Cats have, like, little kitty babies too fast. So one other thing I want to talk about in reference to Hotel for Dogs was what I learned when I was researching it, which is that it was based off a book, and the book was made were written by um, Louise Duncan. It's L-O-I-S. Lois. Lois? I don't know. <laughs> Lois Duncan? I don't know. Um, and I, like, I told you when I read that, that it was very, that I recognized that name, and it was very weird, because I remembered her in the context of something sad. And I looked her up on Wikipedia, and she had written this 
other book which I own and have read a few times and it's called A Gift of Magic and it's this like a ma like almost magical realism but there's actual magic in it like surreal-ish book about this girl who has ESP I mean they use like ESP a lot like extrasensory perception a lot I think that's what it's called yeah. um in the content of the book and it's like she's learning that she can like do these things with her mind um and she also happens to have like a sister and a brother and the sister wants to do ballet and like obviously spoilers for the book leave now if you don't want to hear spoilers for a gift of magic which came out in like 1970s um as well yeah yeah i mean the original hotel for dogs book also came out then um but she essentially accidentally has her sister like fall down some stairs and break her legs and then the sister can't like go do ballet because she's like mad at the sister and like her psychic powers make the sister like trip and she like doesn't mean to have done it but she like basically made her sister fall down the stairs it's like gravity falls when, when stan sabotages his brother's science project yeah it, it's just like that. We also just watched Gravity Falls. Yes, it was a rejected topic. Hey, we can always go back to talking about Gravity Falls. If you'd like to hear us talk about Gravity Falls, give us suggestions about what to talk about in it. Yeah. we could, Maybe we could pair Gravity Falls up with something that's like relevant. Twin Peaks. Like, Let's watch Twin Peaks and compare it to Gravity Falls. What's Twin Peaks? Um, it's, it's a show that is the thing <laughs> is it is it and it's like uh is it live action yeah it's a live action show that i think gravity falls is somewhat influenced by okay it's but like it's, it's, you know, it's an adult show spooky adult show yeah um anyways i just thought it was very surreal that the the book about like the girl with esp breaking her sister's legs that's full of like this like mysterious like angst and like sort yeah. of psychic feelings like the she also wrote the book hotel for dogs yeah you're you you're saying about like it's not um it's not something you'd expect to be like adapted for nickelodeon no and it feels like so i did read the the kind of synopsis of the book hotel for dogs and it was like pretty different like the parents weren't dead and there weren't fostered kids and stuff like that so it's, a, it's like one of those strange instances of someone taking like a property that exists and like adapting it and it's just like nearly unrecognizable. Like it has the same concept. Does anybody break their legs in the Hotel for Dogs book? Unclear from the synopsis. What about the dog that only has three legs? Is he in the book? Um, unclear from the synopsis, which doesn't really mention the dogs that much. It does mention that like in the, the Hotel for Dogs book that there's like an abusive owner of a dog and that she like rescues the dog from him. But like that the owner is like a neighbor of hers and he's like explicitly abusive to his dog. So that's sad. That's heavy stuff. Yeah, it would have been a much heavier movie. It's also weird that, so like Nickelodeon also did the ad adaptation of um, Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. Mm -hmm. And- They really got into this around this time apparently. Yeah. I, I think this was probably, like, like we said, it's the second one, and I think it was the second in, like, a longer string string of um, yeah, live-action ones. Yeah, has Nickelodeon made much live-action stuff since then? And, like, actual, like, full feature movies? Because I can't think of any off the top of my head. Hmm. Nickelodeon movies. 
Yeah, these are mostly just like their cartoon movies. Rugrats movie, Wild Thornberry's movie, Barnyard. They made the Spider-Man Chronicles, which I remember coming out. And, oh, they, they produced Last Airbender. Oh, oof. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Well, they also were responsible for the original show, so, you know. Yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Yep. Oh, Dora and the Lost City of Gold. We saw that and yes. we liked it. We yeah, can do we, a whole review yeah, about we that did. Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> if we'd saw, seen that like a couple months later, we probably would have talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. It, Dora and the Lost City of Gold was a very surprisingly good movie. And we took my brother, who at the time was like 12, to it. Mm-hmm. Um, because he was, he's old enough to like uh, understand like watching something because ironicness. <laughs> because he's like basically yeah. a teen now. Um, and he enjoyed it also. Yeah, they got a Paw Patrol movie coming up. Hmm. I, I mean, I guess that's probably animated, though. Yeah. It would be funny if it was live action, though. <laughs> There's a cop dog. Live I hope action. that it addresses the uh, racial injustice that the police force has been involved in. I think that it's a perfect vehicle to talk about that sort of thing. <laughs> and do you think in it the... The dogs could be racist against cats. Kind of like Revenge of Kitty Galore. Or like uh, Zootopia. Oh, God. <laughs> Zootopia's not great. Sorry, Zootropolis. Oh, yeah. For some reason, it's uh, not Untitled The Fairly Odd Parents animated film. Saddest canceled. Yeah, this is all. Sorry, now we're looking at the uh, canceled or inactive projects, which. Includes a lot of stuff, including um Jimmy Neutron sequel movie. Yeah, Jimmy Neutron sequel and uh, unfortunate events sequel. Series of unfortunate events sequel. Um, Jim Carrey liked the idea apparently, but I do know that Lemony Sticket did not like that movie. Mm-hmm. David Handler. Yes. And of course, now there's a live action series on Netflix. So <laughs> he uh, Daniel Handler Handler held out until he got what he wanted. Which yeah. I guess was a Netflix live action series. Yeah. Unlike the um, Hotel for Dogs, probably coming from like a book that was much more weird and surreal, the Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events movie that they made, like Lemony Snicket's books are very kind of like surreal um, and involve a lot of magic realism stuff. And I think the movie does adhere to that a lot better than they did in Hotel for Dogs, which they just went with like, uh, we're going to reinterpret this completely. The sequels to The Last Airbender. Apparently that was supposed to be a trilogy. Yeah, that makes sense. Based on the series three seasons. Did not work out. No. Untitled Rugrats film. Yeah, I wanna see the I wanna see the Rugrats live action. I think that would be good. Yeah, it's 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 time for them to cash in on nineties nostalgia with a Rugrats film. Oh, you know I would watch the shit out of that. Mm-hmm. There was like a Rugrats as teens uh, TV yeah, show. Yeah, it was that... all grown up, but that was like it was too early for like people to like people that like watched um, Rugrats to like go back to it. Yeah, I think that came out at like the wrong time. If it had just come out like maybe a few years later, mm-hmm. then everyone would have really liked the uh, adult yeah. Rugrats. Anyway, thing. all the old Nickelodeon shows need to have like a movie adaptation. It's got to be a like a cat dog movie. <laughs> Was Danny a phantom Nickelodeon? Yes, he, yeah, that was Butch Hartman also. Yeah, he's evil, but it's okay because Danny Phantom is trans, so. <laughs> yes, this is a suck at Butch Hartman. Yeah. Uh, there used to be Wild Thornberry's movie, uh, Ren Stimpy movie. 
There were movies of Ren and Stimpy, I think. Okay, but like a live action Ren and Stimpy movie. Oh, God. CGI Ren and Stimpy. I've told you about my horrible childhood experience with Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, like the adult Ren and Stimpy stuff. Yeah, that my mom let us get something of Blockbusters that was like an adult Ren and Stimpy. He's canceled too, right? Ren Stimpy guy. I would assume. I, I mean, I don't know, but... He had some shady stuff. I don't remember exactly what it was. I don't know. <laughs> it would make like, sense. flirting with younger fans kind of stuff, I think. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what else is there? Early Nickelodeon stuff that's not been tainted by bad creators. Or has been tainted by bad creators that we must reclaim so we exactly. can make Danny Phantom canonically trans. Mm-hmm. Just to make them angry. Yeah. I mean, not just to make them angry, but partially to make them angry. Also, the cow from, from the barnyard thing was trans. Yes, this is this is true. I mean, that's factual. We all know that. Yes. Um, and then you just start making Spongebob movies and just go back to, you know, older stuff. I think that they should keep releasing Spongebob movies, but they should start making them based on, like, the, like, background characters. Yeah, like a Plankton movie. Yeah, a Plankton movie. Plankton movie. Origins movie. It's, yes. like, it's like Joker, Joker, but it's Plankton. Yeah. Plankton Origin movie where the origin of Plankton is literally that he's just in like a herd of thousands of other Planktons and then he <laughs> leaves and that's the entire origin. It's a great movie. There's no explanation. Mm-hmm. What, what's better, old Nickelodeon or old Cartoon Network? Wait, 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 sorry. Plankton Origin movie where it turns out that Krabby Patties are made with Plankton. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> out of, like, little plankton. They're made out of his family. Yeah. Although I think his p- actual family does show up at some point. Yeah, it's, they're like hicks. Yeah, they're hicks. I saw a good meme that was, like, uh, footage of the Capitol being stormed, and it was Plankton's hick family. Oh, oh that's good. <laughs> that's funny. That's very relevant mm-hmm. to the times. Yeah, there was a coup a couple of days ago. Attempted coup. Oh, yeah. We're filming this on January 10th, so, um... Mm-hmm filming recording recording this recording this on january 10th yes yeah so old old nick stuff obviously you know ren stimpy i already talked about it um i feel like there's a big one i'm missing no it's not ah real monsters but but that was one but it's not really the big one i'm thinking of hmm game shows we gotta get into teenage mutant ninja turtles at some point it's such a big property yeah it's it's a it's on our list of big behemoth it's on our list of big properties to get into along with all of star wars yeah star wars um jurassic park which we've seen two of and we'll probably do a podcast on star trek Maybe we can just do a podcast on all of the Star... Or not all the Star Wars, but all the uh, Jurassic Parks together. Apparently Nickelodeon's doing a Star Trek thing now. Star Trek Prodigy. Rugrats Revival. This is what's coming back. (laughs) The Patrick Star Show. That's gonna be great. Untitled Garfield series. Okay, alright. Nickelodeon's gonna... They're really gonna come back. Patrick Star Show. So they're doing a spinoff. I hope that's like a talk show, but Patrick Star's the host. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have chosen Patrick. He's too close to SpongeBob. He's already a main character in mm-hmm. SpongeBob. Yeah. You want to choose like Sandy or someone? That's yeah. Like... There's so much you could do with Sandy. Yeah. Sandy. Oh, D- Mid Dog. I think I was thinking of Dog. That's that's a, that's a big one. There was a Doug movie. Yes. Uh, um. That was a big one. Was there a Hey Arnold movie? Oh, 
Um, I don't know. It feels like there should have been. Harrenable was like such a thing. There was like an Invader Zim special thing. The Florpus. Yeah, recently. It says Hey Arnold did get a movie, right? Wow. Two movies. Wow. Tell television movie. In two thousand two and two thousand seventeen. Twenty seven yeah, that's that's recent. Yeah, we should watch both of these. Yeah. Nickelodeon <laughs> is cashing in on the nostalgia, I think. To some degree. Yeah. Great job, Nickelodeon. Uh, Rocco's uh, Modern Life. Or um empowering them. No. Did Rocco's Modern doing? Modern Life have a thing recently? I think it did. I don't know what Rocker's Modern Life is. Um, I never watched it, but it was, it's one of the ones that people like. Wow, there's a lot on Rocker's Modern Life's Wikipedia page. You gotta love a big censorship page. Cen- censorship Christ. section. <laughs> a big censorship section. Yeah, there's a huge censorship section. Yeah, I, I said section. Censorship yeah. section. Yeah, I know how to speak. Yeah, see, they had a thing in 2019. <laughs> Really? Static clean. Apologies to Rocco's Modern Life fans. I don't really know what, what it's about. Me neither. Doug and Hey Arnold were like barely at the peripheral of my like Well like Doug, Doug got like traded to Disney. I remember there being like a Doug movie because I had it on VHS. But like it was about like the swamp thing I think. Like I don't know when that was when there was a film that involved a swamp monster. Doug and the Swamp Monster. Is that Doug's first movie? I don't know. I don't think I saw it. There is a monster in this movie. Yeah, it's about pollution and pollution created a monster. Ooh, that's very nice. on brand for me. Nice. Budget five million. Box office nineteen million. Doug tried to warn us. <laughs> Doug is the Al Gore before Al Gore because it was released in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, that was before anybody even knew who Al Gore was. Well, look before he <laughs> became the climate change guy. In nineteen ninety nine. Y2K. Yeah. Wild Thornberries, Angry Beavers. Huh. Um, oh, wait. Is Chalk Zone the one that I really liked? Uh, I very vaguely remember Chalk I remember Zone. Chalk Zone. It was like a little kid, and you drew a chalk, and then things came alive. That's yeah. great. Very classic Um, kid show plot. Yeah. This is like late, this is like more like mid 2000s, so they haven't cashed in nostalgia yet, mm-hmm. but they eventually will. And yeah, I this, will be there. We're getting to the point where like SpongeBob is such a big thing they can coast on that. Yeah. They still had to grind a little bit. I don't remember much about Chalk Zone, but I liked the concept a lot. And I think it had good like arty monsters. What's the one? I don't know if Life it's. Life is even... a Teenage Robot. Oh, yeah. Tar Last Airbender, Cat Scratch. My Life as a Teenage Robot included in things that I got really into when I was in Mm -hmm. high school. Um, El Tigre. I vaguely remember El Tigre. Seriously, here's when they get to, like, kind of, like, spinoffy stuff. Like, they have um, Penguins of Madagascar show. Planet Sheen. Yeah, the the, um, the Jimmy Neutron spinoff. Yeah, Wings Club is just, I think, bringing Um, back old properties. They had a Kung Fu Panda show that ran for five years. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I did not know that either. Huh. I think we're getting a little deep. Three into seasons of Kung Fu Panda. We should watch the Kung Fu Panda show. Yeah. They had to oh, get... Lucy Liu's in it. She's the Viper. Is she the Viper? She's not the Viper in the movies, is she? Uh, I would assume so. Well, none of the if other movie the... actors they got. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she's not as big as the other ones, so she had to like keep up. But like, 
I don't know how. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah so it's like Kung Fu Panda, Master Back of the Voice. Yeah, Master But, like, obviously they didn't get Jack Black or Jackie Chan. Yeah, yeah, they just didn't get them back. Come on, Jack Black, what are you doing nowadays? You're just on, like, YouTube or whatever. <laughs> Streamer. Yeah, we gotta pay attention to Jack Black's YouTube channel more often. Yeah, what's the uh, most recent one of these that you recognize? <laughs> um, let's see. From the most recent one that I recognize. Well, apparently there was a Monsters well, vs. Yeah, Aliens. Yeah, I, I recognize Monsters vs. Aliens and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I could not have told you that they were a Nickelodeon show in the early 2010s. No, absolutely not. Apparently the Monsters vs. Aliens thing ran for a year? No. <laughs> Lucas Cruikshank was additional voices on the Monsters vs. Aliens show. Wait, who? Fred. YouTube's Fred. <laughs> Wait, what's his name? Lucas Cruikshank. You know, you know what Fred's yeah. name is. Yeah, it's Fred Figelhorn. Okay, that's <laughs> nice. I did not know who Fred was. Uh, I have that in my memory banks of Josh Gad as Internet. <laughs> the entire Internet. I I always felt like Monsters vs. Aliens was um underrated, so I didn't know that they had a whole TV show apparently mm-hmm. that was released in one. Yeah. It, it's has like twenty six episodes released in fifty segments. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Does like is every episode like two? Yeah, it's like two. Yeah, there's one and then two A and then two B. But it looks like they're like different topics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess like two eleven minute ones probably count as one episode. Yeah, barely a TV show. Yeah, so like the, I guess Legend of Korra is the one that I knew most recently as a show on its own. Yeah, it also stands. It is very different than all these other shows. Yeah. <laughs> Frankly, The Legend of Korra is very different from, like, The well, Penguins of Madagascar That and show. Avatar Last Airbender, too. Yeah. But Legend of Korra is even, like, appealing to fans who are, like, older than Avatar Last Airbender. Yeah. Avatar Last Airbender, like, at the beginning, it, it you know, it, it kind of felt a little bit like a Nickelodeon show with some crude humor stuff. Mm-hmm. But then it, you know, quickly became its own thing. Yeah, it's very different. Danny Phantom, I was really into for a while. Yeah, I was like, not really into Danny Phantom, but I could see. I'm pretty sure I had, like, Danny Phantom, like, OCs, like, original characters based off the Danny Phantom universe. Yeah, it's like, you know, there's more going on there. There's, like, a story and stuff. Yeah, it was actually, like, there was a lot going on. Also, there was, like, music in some of the episodes, and I liked that. Yeah. Of course, like we said, the creator kind of sucks. Yeah. It has a cult following per Wikipedia. Yeah, I remember hearing people like talking about how like uh, it's you know Bush Hartman is so disappointing, and like I kind of forgot that he did Danny Phantom. I just knew him as the Fairly Odd Parents guy, and I remember thinking, why would you be disappointed in the Fairly Odd Parents guy? I would have very low <laughs> expectations for the Fairly Odd Parents guy. Not to not to diss the Fairly Odd Parents. We had higher expectations for the Danny Phantom guy. Yeah. Danny Phantom is a show that like could actually mean something to people. I think. Well, Fairly Odd Parents was sometimes fun, but it was definitely yeah. more like well, like it's just sometimes fun. Like I, yeah. I don't hate the Fairly Odd Parents or anything, but I don't have a strong attachment to anything about yeah. it. My Life as a Teenage Robot is the other one that, like, I know has been referenced as like being a good trans allegory. Mm-hmm. Both of them are like very, like I think a lot of LGBT people like both of them, and I was a big fan of. Yeah both of those and had my life as a teenage robot OCs. And also I think I wrote fan fiction of it. Mm-hmm. And read a lot of fan fiction of it. 
Who's Rob Renzetti? Uh, he is a, he's like a big animation guy. He's done a lot of stuff. He was uh, Gravity Falls, I think he was involved in. Yeah. I feel like I had read something about that recently. Did I? Gravity Falls, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Because he was on a podcast. Cartoons versus Cancer himself. I assume he took the side of cartoons. Nickelodeon Animation Podcast himself podcast wow cartoons versus was he samurai jack yes he was a director of samurai jack Hmm. powerpuff girls yeah now we're getting into cartoon network territory which maybe we should save that for another episode yeah right now we we just got to stick with nickelodeon because that's what hotel for dogs was from and that's where we started here was talking about hotel for dogs anyways and tv shows that i'd like to have live action adaptations um the Rugrats. <laughs> yes, the Rugrats. Are, do you want them to still be babies? No. You maybe. To, you want them to be like mm. teens or like actual adults? <laughs> Bo- boss baby-esque children. <laughs> oh, what if, okay, imagine a TV show or, or a movie where it's like live action and all the adults are like live action real people mm. and the babies are like CG babies. Horrifying. <laughs> Like how they did Albert and the Chipmunks, but with infant babies. <laughs> Has anybody ever tried that? I think that, that this is a good idea. Like they should try this. I think that it will happen at some point. I think, you know, CGI is getting you know better, and I think somebody's just going to be like, you know what, these babies. They're hard to get. They're hard to direct. <laughs> they are very. What hard if to I get. just use computers to make the babies? What if they did animatronic babies? Have you seen, like, if you go online, you can find, like, highly realistic baby dolls that look like they're real babies. And I think that they should do that also, maybe. Like, a highly realistic plastic baby doll. Rubber baby doll. Like, yeah. I think that'd be good. Yeah. Or just have cats. What? Just have some cats and pretend that they're babies. And more like rug cats. Yeah. Cat rugs. Yeah. Did you want to give a Boo update as we're nearing the end of this episode? Yes, we haven't talked about Boo in a while. He's still thriving. He, we haven't talked about Boo in a while because we'd only had him for, what, like three months last time we did this podcast? Probably. We got him right before the COVID. Yeah, we got him in March last year. He scratches his scratching post now. It's a big update. He has as of like last week. Yes, he is, he's he scratches it like around once or twice a day now. Mind you, my dad had a scratching post when he had Boo before us. So Boo has lived in the in a house with the scratching post for like three years, mm-hmm. and only learned to scratch it like this year in twenty twenty one. Slow learner. <laughs> yeah, um, and we got a cat dancer for him, yes. and he's very happy. Gets to chase his worm. Also, you keep hinting that you want another cat, even though we live in a one bedroom apartment. It's just a cat. <laughs> just another cat. You won't take up that much space. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Okay. It's just two more cats. It's just two more cats? No. Think about it. Like, how much space do you think the average cat needs? One apartment's worth of space. Oh, that's not true. <laughs> they each need one under the bed. We <laughs> need to get two more beds. Yes. Well, that's how, this is how it starts. When you start buying beds for the cats, full-size beds for the cat to go under. Full-size beds just so the cat can go underneath them. 
a bunk bed style tier of beds, so each cat can go on each tier. <laughs> That's a good idea. The bedroom is literally just a room <coughs> full of beds from now on. You ruined whatever you just said. It's okay, it wasn't important. <laughs> a room full of beds is good. Okay, well, he can cut it. Cut it, cut it, cut Okay. okay. Uh, I think we're time to wrap it up. It's time to wrap it up. R wrap it up. You gotta like wrap and like wrap. You gotta wrap the words wrap it up. Stop that, that's offensive. Wrap it up. Okay. Oh, I really like the um just the, like a Christmas the audio bump that I made. <laughs> the appearance of the audio is very nice. Yes. Um, any last comments? What's our outro music? It's um uh... Okay, bye. Yeah.